Amen. Thank you, Brother Vaughn. How many glad you are here at church tonight? Amen. All right. Turn to your Bibles, Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50. Um, Sunday night evening services are one of my favorite services. They're all great, obviously, when we're meeting in God's house. But uh, Sunday night uh, is one of my favorites. And uh, it's even better when pastor is here. And, uh, but uh, we're going to talk to... Um, I'm going to talk to Pastor when he gets back, and uh, if he could record a introductory welcome or message, I think he could extend it to a message and uh, have that video taped as well. But uh, so glad that you are here today and uh, that you are putting the Lord first, because today is Sunday uh, and it's the Lord's Day. Genesis chapter 50, uh, we'll be reading from verses 15 through 21. It says, when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will preadventure hate us and will certainly requit us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee, the, uh, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring it to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you, Father, that, uh, Lord, you've given us godly examples. Lord, saints, uh, Lord, that lived before us. And, uh, Lord, that you've given their testimony, uh, Lord, for our edification. And, uh, Lord, there's a lot to learn uh, from the study of Joseph. And I know that Pastor is going through a series of uh, Lord, the family portraits and going through the 12 sons of Israel. Uh, but Lord, uh, this message certainly doesn't replace it. But Lord, I pray that you'll use the example of Joseph tonight, uh, Lord, to help us and to encourage and give us uh, the essentials uh, to move forward, to go forward in 2019. And so, Father, we pray that you'll bless this time we have together. Uh, please be with our pastor and brother Justin, Lord, as uh, they spend the remaining days at the Philippines and Lord, we thank you for how you used them. Thank you for the blessing of Dr. Lorena and their, his works and, Lord, many other works that have uh, been begotten as a result of this faithful man and his ministry. And, uh, Father, thank you for the many souls that were saved, uh, Lord, in the Philippines and for, uh, Lord, the uh, student that was saved this morning after the service. We give you praise and uh, all the glory, and we give you thanks for what you're going to do tonight. And please speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Go forward uh, is our theme and challenge for 2019. You know, in life, um, you're either going to go backwards, either you're going to stay stagnant, or you're going to go forward. You're going to advance. If you're a child and parents, you know this, when you have a baby, uh, all you want them to do when you have the baby uh, is to make sure that they go forward in gaining weight. And uh, every little visit that you have and you take the, your little baby to the, uh, to the doctors, uh, whether it's after a week or a month or a couple months, uh, you weigh them on a scale and uh, you wait for them to tell you uh, what percentile uh, they are. Uh, all three of our children was always, when they were little, not now, some of them, they're, they're over the percentile, but, but before, uh, they, uh, when we, before when they were little, um, they were always, uh, seems like undernourished or uh, below the weight that they're, the average were supposed to be. And so as parents, you always want your children to gain full, uh, to advance in their weight. And then when you become an adult and when you become my age and you have low metabolism like myself, uh, you tend to want to go back the other way and try to lose weight or at least try to maintain it. Well, spiritually, when you and I became a child God, uh, there's really one direction that God wants us to go, and that is to go forward. And that's why Pastor uh, God has laid on Pastor's heart the theme for 2019 
uh, to go forward. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a year or 50 years. God wants us to go forward. Uh, God doesn't want us to go backwards or to backslide. And in Revelations chapter 3, God made it very clear that uh, he vomits or he dislikes uh, Christians who are lukewarm, who are stagnant, uh, who are not moving forward. In fact, uh, he rather has, uh, he says, I, I rather thou art uh, cold uh, or hot, but he hates those uh, who are lukewarm, who are stagnant uh, in our Christian walk. God also wants his church to go forward. Uh, last, last Sunday evening, we had a great uh, anniversary uh, banquet, and uh, we had over 620 people in this auditorium, believe it or not, uh, to celebrate our 20th anniversary. And Pastor, if you remember the message, he gave a great challenge to all of us as a church to go forward. And during the invitation, I believe there at least over three quarters of you stood up uh, and uh, committed yourselves and uh, to come alongside our pastor and this staff uh, to go forward for 2019. But in order for the church, uh, for you, uh, for this church to go forward, you and I individually will have to make sure that we go forward ourselves, uh, because the church is made up of our pe- uh, made up of people. You know, by the time we get to in our passage in Genesis chapter 50, uh, many of us would probably wouldn't mind being in Joseph's shoes. Uh, at this time, he was a powerful governor, second only to Pharaoh. Pharaoh entrusted everything into Joseph's hands. Uh, he had the power to save lives, including the lives of all his family members, the same family members that betrayed him and wanted to kill him. While we wouldn't mo- be, while we wouldn't mind being in Joseph's shoes uh, in Genesis chapter 50, how many of us would have stayed in his shoes though in Genesis chapter 37 when he was thrown in a pit? How many of us uh, would have stayed in his shoes if? Uh, in Genesis chapter 39, when he was thrown in prison uh, for being accused of committing a crime uh, that he didn't commit. What was Joseph's secret to success, uh, to following God's will in his life? How, what was the secret for him to go forward despite going through uh, the many trials and circumstances in his life? Uh, Joseph was able to persevere, was able to con- uh, go forward when even the best of best years of his life seemed to be taken away from him. Well, if you study Joseph's paths from shepherd boy to governor of Egypt, from Genesis chapter 37 to chapter 50, you'll find three essential things that he did well, that he recognized that he needed to do to ensure that no matter the circumstances, uh, no matter whether he was uh, uh, on the mountaintop or going through and walking through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, he knew that he needed to continue and continue to go forward for God. So this evening, for just a few brief moments, looking at Joseph's life, uh, well, I want to give you three essential things that we must understand and perform on a daily basis in order to make sure that we go forward for God in 2019. Number one in your outlines, I want you to see, in order for us to go forward in our Christian walk, we will need to embrace trials. We will need to embrace trials. Um, last year, at the um, around Thanksgiving time, um, my family and I had an uh, opportunity to, during Thanksgiving uh, break, to, um, to spend some time in Kauai. And um, we love, I personally love to go to uh, the Hawaiian Islands uh, just to take a break and, and uh, to relax and to enjoy the nice weather and to um, do a lot of eating uh, on our vacations. But uh, on the last day of our trip, uh, we decided to take a, a little trip uh, to the Waialua Falls. And uh, we know that you could see this beautiful fall um, uh, by driving uh, off of the uh, the roads, and you could catch a glimpse of this uh, fall right away. But we decided to uh, go on a tour uh, to actually go to the bottom of the falls. But uh, it's not really accessible uh, by car, and so you have to sign up for a tour, and they um, actually could do it yourself. But uh, you sign up for a tour, and uh, they'll take you, and they'll take you uh, for two, you have to do a two-mile uh, kayak, uh, and then you... Um, after the kayak, you have to do about an, a mile of uh, hiking uh, through the rainforest uh, in Kauai. And so uh, our tour guide, when we got there, 
um, they gave us instructions uh, for the kayaking, and then they said that when we get to the hiking part of the tour, um, they warned us that the trails there, a part of the trails, is very muddy. And uh, the only way to get through it is that you need to embrace the mud. You need to embrace the mud. And uh, so you can see in the following photos that uh, one of our children uh, took that to heart and he embraced the mud. And the, the reason why we need to embrace the mud is because if, if you don't embrace the mud and you're just trying to avoid it, what's going to happen is you're just going to slip and you're going to fall. And uh, you need to embrace the mud. Just get into there. And uh, for a while there, I just even took off my flip-flops because those weren't working. And you just walk barefoot in the mud. You need to embrace the mud. You know, Joseph would have never fulfilled God's will for his life if he didn't trust God and embrace the trials during his life. You know, Joseph was betrayed by his brother, uh, by his brothers. He was thrown in the pit. He was sold into slavery, accused for a crime that he didn't commit, and then forgotten by the uh, Pharaoh's chief butler for many years. Uh, turn with me to chapter 37 in Genesis, just to go over and uh, a review of uh, some of the, the trials uh, that Joseph went through. Genesis chapter 37, verse 23, it says, And it came to pass, when Joseph was come into his brethren, that they stripped Joseph of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into the pit. And then in verse uh, 28, it says, Then there passed by the Midianites merchantmen, and they drew up and lifted up Joseph out of the pit, and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph unto Egypt. And then move with me to Genesis chapter 39, verse 20, where it says, And Joseph's master took him after he spent some time serving as a slave to Potiphar. And it says, Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. And then in Genesis chapter 40, verse 23, Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Here, from Genesis 37, to Genesis chapter 40. <coughs> all this uh, trials, all these uh, difficult circumstances uh, befell uh, Joseph's life, all within about 10 years of his life. I mean, you would think from ages of 17 to uh, 27, and then in Genesis, uh, 30, uh, Genesis 50, we read he's about 30 years old. Um, Joseph went through a lot uh, in his life. You could say from ages 17 to 30, that was the prime uh, of Joseph's life. So how was Joseph able to embrace the trials of his life? Well, number one, he acknowledged that God is always in control. God is always in control. You know, put yourself in Joseph's shoes and all the emotions that he probably experienced. Uh, from the time he was thrown in a pit... And uh, then was throw, uh, serving as a slave to Potiphar, and then to uh, and then to uh, uh, serve in the prison. Um, he was probably scared when he was thrown in the pit. Uh, he was probably worried, "What is going to happen to me?" Uh, I'm sure there was moments in his life, many nights, uh, where he was afraid uh, for his life. Uh, he was probably worried about his future. He was separated from his family and from the father that he loved him so much, um, and uh, and the rest of his family and friends. Uh, he was in a foreign country, uh, a country that n did not have the same beliefs and same practices that he did. I'm sure he had the emotion of sadness separated uh, from, again, from his father and his friends. He was probably had moments of depression uh, where he said, God, you know, where, where are you? He probably questioned God um, uh, during uh, the late nights uh, in his sleep, where, uh, uh, in his bed, where he couldn't sleep because of his uh, sadness. Uh, and depression. Uh, he was probably be, uh, was angry. I would be angry if my brother uh, threw me into the pit and wanted to kill me, and uh, you would be angry too. He was betrayed by his brothers. He was probably angry at them, and, and uh, perhaps maybe it wasn't recorded in his word. Maybe there was a few moments where he even questioned God and uh, was even angry at God at saying, God, why, why did this happen to me? And then that angry could have turned into bitterness, uh, definitely bitterness towards his uh, towards his brethren, uh, who put this uh, put who put him in this predicament, um, and then later um, uh, angry at Potiphar's wife uh, uh, for causing him to be thrown in in prison at, in the first place, and so you could see all these emotions uh, that uh, that uh, 
uh, Joseph went through uh, during the trials of his life. But every time uh, when he was in a trial, or whether there was a new trial that came into Joseph's life, you know that Joseph acknowledged that God was in control. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God. And then in Genesis chapter 45, verses 7 and 8, it says, God set me before you to preserve you a a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that has sent me hither, but God. Notice those phrases. He says, you thought evil against me, but God. And God sent me. Not you that sent me, but God. Was it because of Joseph's brethren that he was thrown in the pit? Uh, wasn't it because of Joseph's uh, brethren that he was uh, thrown, um, that he was sold uh, to the Midianites and brought to Egypt? Wasn't it because of Potiphar's wife and, uh, um, and, and, and because uh, of her wants uh, that led, her, led uh, Joseph being thrown in prison? Yes, it was all those people, but God, Joseph acknowledged that God was still in control. It was but God. You know, you might have cancer or you might have a, a family member that you're very close to that has cancer. But I want to let you know today, there's God. God is in control. You might have a miscarriage, but God. You might have had a car accident um, that uh, left you disabled, but God. Uh, you might have setbacks in your uh, job or in your life, but God. You might be persecuted for living for God right now, but I want to let you know tonight that God is in control. And as Joseph said, there is God. Your character might have been, uh, you might suffer character attacks or there might be disabilities. Whatever trial that you're going through, um, we, God wants us to know tonight that there is a God in heaven uh, that is control. Job, Job said in Job 23, verse 10, it says, But he knoweth the way that I take. In Psalms 37, verse 23 to 24, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hands. You know, during trials, you're going to go through the emotions of pain, uh, sadness, and worry, and even anger. But God wants you to know that he is in control. You know, Joseph was able to go through and continue to go forward despite the trials in his life because he acknowledged that God is in control. And so, church, uh, whatever life um, trials that uh, God has handed you, know that he is still in control. We might not be able to understand it, but God is in control. He knows it. Uh, even though it might have been a wicked person or an evil person or it might be even the devil um, that has uh, allowed this to happen, you know that still God is in control. Uh, all the evil that befell uh, Job in his life, God allowed that to happen for a purpose. And God was in control. So take comfort tonight. And uh, if we're going to move forward in 2019, we might, might not be in a trial not now. But uh, in order to move forward to 2019, we got to make sure that uh, we're going to have to embrace trials and acknowledge. And when we are in a trial, we need to acknowledge that God is in control. Not only did Joseph acknowledge that God is in control, but number two, uh, he was able to embrace trials because he accepted that God's plan is good. He accepted that God's plan is always good. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, and to bring to pass as it is today to save much people alive. God, Joseph knew that whatever God's plan, it was good. He said God meant it for good. Romans 8.28 says, For we know all things work it to good for them that, are, that love God to them that are called according to his purpose. You know, God uses, number one, God uses trials to edify and to build us up. We know that in James chapter 1, James could say in verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have our perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Yes, when you go through trials, there will be trials of pain. You will go through the emotions of sadness and perhaps even anger. 
But remember, on top of all that, I hope that you could still count it all joy because you know that God is in control and God's plan is always good. We might not be able to understand it, uh, but God is in control and God's plan is always good. You know, it's always a great uh, when Joseph is in Genesis 50 and to be able to look back at all the trials that he was going through uh, and to see how God has brought everything to pass, that there was a purpose why he spent time in the pit, why he spent time at Potiphar's house uh, serving as a slave and the time that he spent in prison. But during those times when he was actually spending, uh, was a slave and uh, was in prison, you know, those are the times that is important for us and for jo- and, and, and Joseph acknowledged and understood that God's plan is still good, and that's why he, that's why when he uh, uh, when he served the Lord, um, uh, he, he could always continue to serve the Lord despite uh, the trials that he was. So God uses those trials to edify and to build us up. Number two, God also uses trials to purify us. To purify us. Job chapter 23, verse 10, it says, When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. When you're in trial, you can embrace trials knowing that not only God will use those trials to edify, to build us up, but he uses those trials to purify us. You know, God hasn't given up on us. And uh, he, does, he saves, as, as we've heard many times before, God saves us and gives us eternal life just the way we are. We could come to him just the way we are. But once we're saved, God doesn't want us to stay where we are. He wants us to grow in the Lord. And in order to do that, t- sometimes God will use trials to help purify us, to eliminate the impurities in our lives, to eliminate some of the sins that so easily besets us, which we're going to look at later on. And God uses those trials to help purify us. Not God no, not only uses trials to purify us, but thirdly, God uses trials to help us to lessen our dependence on self and to increase our dependence on the Lord. You know, God uses those trials to tell us that, you know what? Stop trusting in yourself. Uh, Stop trying to live life on your own. Stop trying to think that your goals are the best for you. Stop uh, trying to think that success, your thinking of success is the right success for this life. And God wants us to depend on Him. Wants us to depend on Him and His grace. He wants to teach us that God's grace is sufficient. Um, God gave uh, the Apostle Paul... The, the, probably the greatest Christian uh, that ever lived, a thorn on the side. And uh, Paul asked God to remove this disability or this illness, this thorn on his side. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 to 10, he, um, uh, in, in, in those verses preceding, um, uh, Paul says, I asked the Lord thrice uh, to remove this thorn. And in verses 9, uh, here was God's response. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so God uses trials to lessen our dependence on ourselves and to increase our dependence uh, on God. And so here was Paul's response. He says, most gladly, therefore, in verse 10, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and in necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's why James in James chapter 1 says that count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So how could you know, how can you embrace trials? Uh, you embrace trials knowing that God purposely sent this trial uh, to help you and I uh, to be more dependent on Him, uh, to grow us, to edify us, to purify us. You know, when trials comes into our lives, we could either see it as a roadblock and retreat, or we see it as an opportunity, a growth opportunity, and go forward. We could either see it as a roadblock and retreat and backslide, or we could see it as a growth opportunity and to go forward. And God wants us, if you want to move forward for 2019, we got to embrace trials uh, in our lives, as a, you know, when Joseph was in a pit, uh, when Joseph was in prison, um, whatever circumstances that he was in, um, he embraced trials, and as a result, uh, the Bible says, "And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man." The word "prosperous" means to advance, to make progress, to succeed, to be profitable. And so, even though he was in the trials, he was in prison, he was serving as a slave. 
Joseph was still prosperous. He was still able to advance, to go forward in his life because he was able to embrace trials. You know, are you currently going through a trial? Uh, they say that you're either in a trial or about to go into a trial. And you hear preachers say, don't waste the trial. What they're saying is that you need to embrace the trial. So if you want to move forward in 2019, uh, we've got to make sure that we embrace trials. But number two in your outline, in order, uh, the, uh, another essential that we all must possess and recognize and we need to have is, number one, not only do we need to embrace trials, but number two, we need to eschew transgressions. We need to eschew transgression. The word eschew means to deliberately avoid using, to abstain from. It is used in Job chapter 1, verse 8, and chapter 2, verse 3, where it says, And the Lord said unto Satan, As thou consider my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. And then in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 11, it says, Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. If we're going to go forward in 2019, we will need to eschew sin. Why? Number one, sin will halt progress. Sin will halt progress. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also compass about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run the race with patience. Let us with patience run the race that is set before us. You know, sin is a spiritual weight, a weight and a burden that will weigh us down in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Unconfessed and spiritual, unconfessed and habitual sins will halt our spiritual growth. You remember Achan in Genesis or in Joshua chapter seven, where he uh, committed a trespass against the Lord by uh, taking the cursed thing. You know, not only will sin halt our spiritual, our own personal growth, but uh, sin can also halt the growth of our church. You know, if our church is going to go forward, we got to make sure that individually we need to eschew, we need to deliberately avoid sin or transgressions in our life. Because it's going to be a weight that's going to hold up, not only hold us down personally, but possibly it could hold uh, the advancing of our church. Uh, if you're a leader of the church, that's uh, even more important, that we got to make sure that we need to eschew evil. We need to uh, make sure that we need to avoid sin uh, in our life. We could hold back the church. Uh, if we're robbing God in our tithes and our offering, that could hold back the church. If we have a anger or bitterness against one another, against another church member, we got to make sure we got to take care of that and take care of that tonight uh, because that could be holding back the church. And uh, there are a lot of things that could hold back your progress and the progress of the church. And so, especially if you're serving in ministry, if you're a leader and serving in a leadership position of the church, you've got to make sure that uh, we leave, live a life uh, that on a, daily, uh, on a daily basis that we are, are shewing evil or transgressions in our life. Not only sin will halter progress, but sin will hinder power. Sin will hinder power. You know, sin grieves the Holy Spirit of God. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 to 31, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed with, uh, unto the day of the redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You know, tonight is a good night to put away any bitterness and anger or evil speaking that you have, uh, that we have towards one another. Because that's going to hinder a power in your life. You know, those things, those sins that uh, easily, so easily besets us, you know, they, they, uh, uh, they just consumes our being, consumes our heart. And when you're consumed with sin in your life and those sins that are listed in verse 31, um, we can't uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you don't have God's power. You know, our spiritual walk, we need God. We, in order to move forward, in order to go forward, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't do the Christian walk on our own merit or our own strength. We need God's power. And so if we are not um, uh, uh, embracing this uh, 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 by ensuing uh, transgressions, we are hindering the Holy Spirit and his power from working in our lives. Not only will it halt progress, not only will sin hinder power, but sin will deny positions. Sin will deny positions. You know, imagine if, uh, 
if Joseph accepted and uh, justified sinning against God and accepted Potiphar's wife's advances. When, would Genesis 50 be written the way it would have been written? Probably not. Uh, probably Joseph uh, would have disqualified himself uh, from being the governor. Uh, he probably would have gotten killed uh, rather than just be put in prison if he committed uh, adultery um, uh, against Potiphar's wife. You know, Saul, King Saul disqualified, disqualified himself from being king when he disobeyed God and refused to repent. You know, how many people, and I'm sure you know of people, uh, ministers and pastors or even missionaries who disqualify themselves uh, because of immorality. And so we got to make sure we need to, if we're going to move forward in 2019, if we're going to go forward for God in 2019, we need to eschew evil. So how do we eschew evil? Number one, we need to shift perspective. We need to shift perspective. You know, remember when we transgress, we're not only sinning against each other, but against yourself. You're sinning against God. You're sinning against God. You know, Joseph did not want to betray his master Potiphar, but more than that, he didn't want to sin against God. In verse uh, 9 of chapter 39, it says, there is no, Joseph said, There is none other greater in this house than I. Neither had he kept back anything from me but thee. But thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You know, Joseph was able to eschew evil because he knew that whenever he sinned, that not only was he sinning against Potiphar, if he accepted the advances of Potiphar's wife, but ultimately he was sinning against God. You know, before we choose to sin, it will do us a lot of good if we shift our perspective and put ourselves in God's shoes and ask God how would he feel if we went forward with that transgression. We need to shift our perspective. Not only are we supposed to are we, uh, uh, shift our perspective, but we need to shun the pool. We need to shun the pool. Genesis 39 verse 12 says, And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. You know, that's what temptation will do to us. Um, just like Potiphar's wife, uh, she grabbed hold of his garment. And that, it just didn't happen in Genesis 39. If you read on, you know that this uh, occurred on a daily basis. Um, that, uh, that, that temptation, uh, that, uh, that uh, Potiphar's wife wanted to um, lie with Joseph. And every day he had to deal with that. And uh, every day he tried to pull and try to get him alone by himself. And, uh, and constantly uh, that pull was there. And that's exactly what temptation does for us. It draws us in. It pulls us. And our responsibility, if we're going to shoo evil, is that we need to deliberately, deliberately shun uh, that pull, that temptation. You know, in the Hebrews chapter 12, talks about the sin that doth so easily besets us. And the word beset means to, to attack on all sides, to assail and to harass. You know, it, it, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to know that there is temptation all around us. You know, you can't put yourself in the bubble. There is no such thing. Um, you could uh, try to uh, make sure, and, and we should, uh, to try to avoid any kind of uh, putting in, uh, ourselves in position to, to sin easily and, and, and things like that. But sometimes it's unavoidable. It's all around you. And the Bible says it's uh, the sin that so easily beset you. You know, you could be reading uh, something uh, that is... Uh, 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 nothing bad on the phone, just reading the news on your phone. And then some, um, uh, some advertisement occurs at the, at the bottom of that article uh, of an image or a graphic that uh, you shouldn't be looking at, right? Uh, that's going to take your thoughts to somewhere else that you shouldn't be thinking about. And so those sins, it so easily besets us. And we got to make sure that we need to shun, uh, shun that pull. First John chapter 2, verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, uh, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, uh, but is of the world. There is the sins of the flesh. There is the sins of the world. There is the sins of the spirit. And so we need to eschew evil. We need to shun the pool. We could, you know, Joseph could have easily made excuses to sin. He said, you know, I'm a teenager, right? Um, I have all these hormones. He, he could have made all the excuses uh, that he want uh, to be able to sin. He was in a country, a foreign country, uh, where uh, perhaps uh, infidelity and adultery maybe had been accepted. 
more accepted uh, from where he uh, learned it from his parents. And he could have used that as an excuse. You know what? As Christians, if you want to come up with excuses to sin, you could come up with excuses to sin. You could have said, oh, it's too tough to be honest these days. You can't survive in this world. You can't survive in this business world by being honest. And, uh, and, uh, but you know what? God asks us to be honest. You know, if the, you know, things that the world say uh, that might be okay uh, doesn't mean it's okay with God. And so that's why it's important. If we're going to eschew transgressions, we need to learn to shun the pool. We need to uh, purposely, deliberately avoid the transgressions. Not only do we supposed to shift perspective, shun the pool, but lastly, in order to eschew evil, we need to stay pure. We need to stay pure. As God's people, we need to stay pure. Eschewing evil does not mean being sinless or perfect, but when we do sin against the Lord, we need to be genuine and confess our sins to God. You know, none of us is perfect. All the godly saints, from David all the way even on to Job and, and, uh, and so on, uh, they were all sinners saved by grace. And, uh, but uh, when we do sin, God asks us that we need to make sure that we need to confess our sins, and we need to confess it to make sure that we stay pure. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 9 says, Who can say I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And so we got to make sure as God's people, in order to move forward, we need to stay pure. We need to stay away from sin. We need to eschew sin. But when we do sin... Um, we need to make sure we need to stay pure. We need to confess it to God. We need to make sure we repent and continue to have that uh, purity and that genuine before God and make sure that there is nothing between God and our Savior. So number one, in order to go forward for 2019, we need to embrace trials. Number two, we need to eschew transgression. But lastly, we need to extend trust. We need to extend trust. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, that says that trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding and in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, Joseph was sold as a slave, but instead of living like the rest of Potiphar's servants, he walked by faith and not by sight. You know, Joseph was thrown in prison, but instead of living... Like the rest of the prisoners, Joseph continued to walk in faith during the good times, uh, during the bad times. Uh, Joseph continued to walk by faith and not by sight. You know, what's more amazing in Joseph's life, if you really actually think about it, is not only did he walk by faith and then continue to extend trust and continue to uh, walk by faith uh, during the difficult times in his life, but he continued to trust in the Lord even during the good times. You know, sometimes during the good times, it's tough to trust in the Lord. Why? Because we've started to enjoy the successes in life. When we start, rather than trusting in God, we shift that trust and that faith and start trusting in our own selves. But here, Joseph, when even he was promoted to second in command, to be the governor of Egypt, he had control of everything uh, that uh, uh, was under um, the rule uh, of, uh, of, the, of Pharaoh, that... Uh, Joseph continued to fear God and continued to walk with God. Uh, how did I know that? Uh, because when his brothers came uh, to get food, uh, that he uh, still yearned for his brother, that he forgave his brothers. You know, if I was in issues, I didn't know if I would be that kind, right? Um, I think I would have at least let my flesh take over for a few moments, all right? And, uh, but uh, here, Joseph uh, did not do that. And uh, he continued to fear God and continue uh, to put faith uh, and continue to walk in faith. You know, our faith in God started when we placed our faith in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. You know, your relationship with God, our relationship with God started when we placed our faith in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Um, This uh, verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, was uh, written in a card uh, for me. Uh, from one of my family's patriarchs, my uncle, my dad's brother, who was um, one of the ones that, uh, uh, well, I wouldn't say only family members, but very few, but one of the family members that were saved uh, in our family uh, long ago. And uh, he put this verse uh, on a card uh, that he gave me with a graduation gift 
um, right after I graduated from high school. And uh, he wrote nothing in the, a card except, Dear Daddy, and uh, he put this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And during about that time, I was searching for the Lord. And I thought that uh, religion uh, would save me. And I was brought up in a Catholic background. And I thought um, a combination of good works and, and, uh, and just uh, trying not to uh, sin too much uh, would be the way to have, go to heaven. And I always had this uh, thing in my uh, head that uh, God had a scale. That when I get to go to heaven, that uh, he's going to put all my good works in one side and all my bad works on the other side. And if my uh, good works outweigh my bad, I get to go to heaven. And if it's the other way around, I didn't want to think about that. All right? And uh, that was my religion uh, because of how I was brought up uh, as a Catholic, uh, going to the Catholic church. And uh, I was so happy to find out that it, it doesn't work that way. Uh, because it's for by grace are you saved through faith. And so if you're here today and if you're struggling like you, uh, like I was 20 some odd years ago uh, about wondering whether you're going to get to go to heaven, because if, if, if you depend on your good works to go to heaven, you can never be sure you're going to heaven uh, because there is, no, there is no amount of good works that take you to heaven if you have to wait for your good works to outweigh your bad. But uh, because the Bible says for we all fall short of the glory of God. There is not enough good works uh, for us to do to cover our sins. And that's why Jesus Christ came to earth to die for our sins. And I was so happy to find out to finally somebody opening up the Bible to tell me it's for by grace are you saved through faith and it's not of yourselves. That day uh, after I read that verse, God used that verse to say, Denny, to stop struggling because when uh, I got witness to, uh, literally uh, that, mo- that morning I, I-, I attended a-, 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 a college fellowship meeting and I heard the gospel for the very first time and I struggled and I didn't accept Christ during the invitation because I was struggling that, you know, salvation, why is it so easy? I can't believe it's a free gift. And uh, God showed me this verse from uh, the card that my uncle gave me and God spoke to me just said, Denny, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And that's what you need to do today. If you have never trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need to trust in the Lord today. Trust in Jesus who died for your sins. Trust in His what he did on the cross for you to die for your sins. And God promises that he will give you eternal life. But you know what? That verse doesn't just stop there. It doesn't just talk about salvation because once you became a Christian, this verse still applies to our lives because God says what? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean on into thy own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him. And so after you get saved, after you place your faith in Jesus Christ and uh, you place your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal savior, God wants us to extend that faith, wants us to continue to extend that faith in everything. It says in all thy ways. And so in order for us to go forward in 2019, we need to continue to extend our trust. You know, God says he's not requiring you to have more faith, but really just more enduring faith. Because Jesus taught us that with the faith of a small mustard seed, we can move mountains. So it's not a matter of having a big quantity of faith. It's just a matter of extending our faith. You know, we have enough faith uh, to be able uh, to get saved. But then God says, trust in me for everything else. Uh, Trust in me for your time. I want you to start coming to church and start learning about the Bible. And so when you got saved, you got excited and you started coming to church on Sunday mornings and you extended your faith and said, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to, God, give you my Sunday mornings. And then you started hearing preaching and then pastors start saying, hey, not only do you need Sunday mornings, but you need three three to thrive. You need Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And you say, whoa, that's a little bit more time. I didn't know I signed up for this. But God spoke to your heart and said, you know what? I just need to extend your faith, right? And you did that. And that's why you're here tonight, right? And then uh, in 2000, I don't know, 2000 and a long time ago, a few years ago, uh, the 49ers was playing in the Super Bowl, right? And uh, it was on a Sunday night, uh, a similar light night tonight. And uh, God tested your faith. And says, you know what, I need to show up on Sunday night. Even the Niners are playing in the Super Bowl. And uh, I think hopefully most of you extended your faith and you were here at, the, uh, here at church on that Sunday night. You know, God just wants us to extend our faith uh, in him. So in order for us to move uh, and to continue to go forward, we need to continue to extend our trust. 
God's going to ask you to make some decisions. You're going to come across uh, in that walk with God when we're going to go forward. That, uh, there's going to be a couple of ways that you could take. But only one way is the way of faith. You could take the way that it's going to be by sight, that you could figure everything out, and that uh, it's going to be maybe safe for you, that you think is going to be the safe for you. But God wants you to take that path of faith. Want that path of faith. Perhaps, young people, it might be the college that you're going to be going to. Uh, perhaps it's the decision that God wants you to make on some uh, getting some better uh, Christian friends. Whatever that decision, young people, that may be, God wants you to extend your faith and just trust in him to make the right decisions. Uh, for us adults, uh, some of us, maybe the, it's that next step will require us uh, to maybe God wants us to work less at our jobs and spend more time with our families and serve God more and to take that faith, uh, that, that faith path uh, to be able to uh, serve the Lord and to be able to uh, um, spend time and to uh, spend time with our families and to make sure that our families uh, are growing uh, in the Lord. Whatever decisions that, are, uh, that they are, all of us are in different stages of our Christian walk, but whatever stages we're at, uh, our, next steps are, our next steps must be steps uh, of faith and extending our trust uh, in the Lord. If we're going to go forward for God in 2019, it will require all of us to step out by faith and to, uh, and to go and win souls for Jesus Christ. You know, it's uh, um, this, this uh, extending our faith is not just about big decisions that uh, we're going to make uh, in our lives. It's not just about, oh, uh, that big decision that I'm going to become a, uh, a, a full-time Christian worker. Uh, extending our faith uh, in order to go forward, it's a, a daily basis. Uh, it means that you're going to wake up every morning and trust in the Lord that uh, with a little less sleep but more time with the Bible, uh, your day is going to go much better. Uh, perhaps maybe extending your faith is when you're walking by someone and God tugs your heart, and uh, this is a good tug, and not like the Potiphar's wife's tug, but the tug in your heart uh, that, hey, you need to, you need to stop. Uh, you need to stop what you're doing. I know you got plans. I know you got an appointment, but I need you to stop and give this person a track and tell that person about the Lord. Uh, that's extending your trust uh, in the Lord. Whatever it may be, uh, we need to, in order to go forward, we need to go forward and we need to extend our trust. You know, you are where you're at in your Christian life is because uh, since you became a Christian, you extended your faith. You walked by faith and not by sight. But God doesn't want us to, us to stay wherever you are in your Christian life, whatever stage you are in your Christian life. God doesn't want us to stay where you are. He wants us to go forward. You know, Brother Irwin preached a good message about where are you. God is asking, where are you? And tonight, he's asking, where are you in terms of where are you in the Christian life? Uh, have you been moving forward? Last year was it a year of spiritual growth, or was it a st- year uh, where spiritually you remained stagnant? Um, ha- have you grown in your Christian life the last two or three years? Be honest with yourself. God wants us to go forward. And in order to go forward, perhaps uh, we might not have been eschewing evil. Perhaps maybe we haven't embraced the trials. We allow the trials to uh, let anger and bitterness set in. Uh, per, or perhaps we haven't, uh, we remain stagnant the last couple of years because we haven't walked by faith and instead we've been walking by sight. And so God tonight wants us to walk by, sight, to walk by faith and not by sight. He wants to extend our trust. Uh, he wants us to, to just trust in everything that we do uh, for him on a daily basis. It closed with Psalms chapter 18, verse 30. It says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He's a buckler to all those that trust in him. And so the challenge for God to, that God has for us tonight is to go forward, to go forward in 2019. And he has given to us uh, these essentials, three things uh, to help us to go forward. Uh, to embrace trials. We're going to have to embrace trials in 2019 uh, in order to move forward. We're going to have to eschew transgressions. And then lastly, we need to extend faith. We need to extend our trust uh, in the Lord. And then watch God uh, use this church and uh, to help us uh, to move forward in 2019. Because as a church, it's imperative that we move forward. You know, in the last few years... Um, Our pastor has worked really hard, and uh, it's not because of him that our numbers aren't growing. Uh, But uh, we need to first evaluate our own selves. Uh, 
to make sure that we are not hindering the God, work of God. And we need to make sure that we are part of this work and, uh, and allowing God to use us to lead people to Christ and to help disciple people and, and, and to see this church grow. And so in order to do that, we need to, lastly, we need to extend our trust. We need to walk by faith and not by sight. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for this evening, and thank you, Father, for your faithful members. And, uh, Lord, that they're here tonight, uh, Lord, to clear the Lord's day. Uh, Lord, they're here and not be, uh, they came to worship not man, but they came to worship God. And, uh, Father, tonight, uh, I trust, Lord, that through the word of God, uh, Lord, that uh, the people, Lord, will be able to uh, hear from you. And, uh, Lord, not necessarily from this messenger. And, uh, Father, we pray that as we have the invitation time, uh, Lord, that you'll help us to reflect about our Christian life and our Christian walk the last couple of years, or maybe even just the last couple of months, and to really be honest with ourselves to see are we moving forward for you. And uh, perhaps it was one of these essentials that we haven't gotten or uh, don't for, forgotten that we need to uh, make sure that we do, uh, whether it's extending trust, whether it's eschewing evil, whether it's embracing trials. Whatever it might be, Lord, tonight, I pray, Father, that you'll help us to um, come forward and to make commitments for you. And that commitment, uh, that commitment that we already made uh, last service uh, during the anniversary conference banquet to go forward for you in 2019. We thank you for the scriptures and we thank you for meeting with us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand. We have a time of invitation. And uh, so this is your time to meet with the Lord. And uh, if God has spoken to you and there's a decision uh, that you want to make or commit to the Lord, hope that you use this time amply. And uh, if you're here today and perhaps uh, you're a visitor or perhaps you've been going to our church for many years now, and perhaps you were like me 20-some-odd years ago and and thought that uh, going to heaven is by doing our good works and trusting in yourselves rather than trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and hope that you will humble yourself and realize that only God can save you because of what Jesus did on the cross and that you will humble yourself and come forward tonight or perhaps come talk to me or one of the staff members or the person that invited you out and ask them how they could show you from the scriptures that you could have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Many are praying around the front here this evening. And some in their seats tonight. If you want to do business with the Lord, your prayer away. Don't settle for where you are now. Move forward. Press forward for the Lord this evening. God calls all of us to be more like Him, to do more for Him to be more like Jesus. And to achieve that, we have to move forward. Lord, thank you for your word and just the opportunity to hear it tonight. Thank you that we could close our day and to conclude it in the house of God. Thank you for feeding our souls with your word. Thank you for being so faithful and merciful to us. Thank you for always being the same and never changing. You are such an awesome God. And help us to trust you more. As we ask in your name, amen.